Here we see the saviorhood of Christ too, here at Calvary. What a, what a place to see that. Christ might have said, you deserve your fate, you're wicked, you're a robber, you merit death, you've waited too long, you should have sought me sooner before I got to the cross. But Jesus had and promised, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I can say to you street walkers who may be here, who have sold your bodies on the streets of this city, I, I can say to you guys who took advantage of those girls, to you guys who have been drunk and used and shooting up, I can say this to you without any doubt in my mind. Him that cometh to me, what him? Any him, rich him, poor him, dope, dope him, uh, crack him or her, any him that cometh to me, I will not cast them out. Isn't that awesome? The free offer of the gospel. The spread and the bride say, come, let him, let us a thirst come. And whosoever will say, oh, I wish I could be saved. Oh, you already have been. You just don't know it yet. By the time you say that, you already have life. I just have to do my best to be used of the Spirit of God to get you to confess it. I am his and he's mine. He promised that if I came to him, he wouldn't cast me away. So tonight, not very biblical what I'm about to say. I just double-dog dare you to come to Christ. I just double-dog dare you to come to Christ. You see, Jesus took no notice of the insults or reproaches cast on him by the priests and the crowds that day. You think about all the religious people were there. You know, it was religious people that killed Jesus. It wasn't the harlots and whoremongers. It was these Pharisees and Sadducees and religious folks. He paid no attention to them. But there was one who was chosen from all eternity to be on that cross. This thief. You think about that. Predestinated. To be on that cross that day. And Jesus knows them that are his and knew them that were his. How excited Jesus must have been to see this thief that God had chosen and given him before the foundation of the world. And, and the gospel was not left without a testimony. You know, in the most dire circumstances, when all of hell is popping, get ready. And look for someone to say, he's my Lord and my Savior. It happens over and over again. The Bible talks about the suffering of Christ, the physical suffering of Christ. And it was awful. In fact, Isaiah talks about his visage being marred beyond that of any man. You wouldn't recognize him. I often think about guys that have been blown up in war. And you wouldn't recognize them because their bodies have been torn apart. But the scripture says his face, his visage was beyond that of any man. The suffering of Christ. And then you've got to remember too that on that cross, sin was being imputed to him. You know what it is to have pressure? Uh, to, no, that's very true. To have the weight of something on you that's 
seemingly unbearable. The weight is just unbearable. Can you imagine what on the tree of the cross he was experiencing when this holy, righteous man who knew no sin, did no sin, had no sin, and God imputed to him all of your sin and my sin. And it was laid on him. Oh, I'm way over my head now and over your head too. We can't even... You, you can't imagine the shame and the, and the guilt. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he sweat great drops of blood as that computer was running. I believe that imputation of sin was taking place there. And sin was being imputed to him. And he cried, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He wasn't praying to bypass Calvary. He was praying he wouldn't die there in the Garden of Gethsemane because the weight was so heavy. Only those of us who know a little bit about carrying a weight <coughs> know what suffering that is. It is suffering, but nowhere compared to Him. <coughs> but He had time for this thief. You know, I just bet he has time for you too. Those of you who are here tonight and you're saying things like, you know, Pastor, that's such a wonderful story. And I, and I appreciate that, but I just can't imagine God saving somebody like me. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear you say that. Because I know he's already done something for you. Because you wouldn't even know that. You'd never admit that. People just don't go around, I'm the chief of sinners, I'm the worst, I'm the worst person on earth, I'm far worse than you. No, they, we usually try to hide and cover that up. Jesus had time for this thief. You know, I wonder, I have often thought too, how much time there was between the thief asking and the Lord's reply. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then silence. And if the Lord doesn't say something, there's no hope for this guy. And then the Lord Jesus said, Today! I wonder if he could look at him. or I wonder how he did. Today! Not, not tomorrow. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Wow, that had to be an awesome thing. Jesus is the friend of sinners. You know that? He's the friend of sinners. That's why I often say, if you're here and a sinner and know it, I can say to you, he's a perfect savior for you. But, but you know, I have often told you this. It's hard to find a sinner. If I can just find a genuine, bona fide, pedigreed, papered sinner... I can say to him or her, Christ died for you. I can say that. But they're hard to find. They're just hard to find. This thief found the very jewel of life on the dunghill of Golgotha. Who would have ever thought the disciples ran away. His mother ran away. All of them ran away and left him there hanging 
on the tree by himself. And it looked like for a while that there was not going to be a witness. And then right there next to Christ, a dying, no good for nothing, sorry rascal came to know Christ as Savior. There's hope for you, my friend. It's in Jesus Christ. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. William Cowper.